You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. Russia charges a cyber threat researcher with treason. Charger ransomware detected and ejected from the Play Store. Watch your apps. Too many snakes are still getting into the walled gardens. Rats evolve and return to the wild. Shamoon 2 expands its target set. A database vigilante may be out there. Cyber fraud rises in the United Kingdom. It's safer for the crooks than stick-ups. We've got some M&A and venture funding news. And that Verizon-Yahoo deal remains up in the air. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, January 25th, 2017. In news that broke early this morning, we hear that Russian authorities have arrested a senior threat researcher with Kaspersky Lab. Ruslan Stoyanov has been arrested on charges of treason. Kaspersky Lab told CNBC that the investigation and arrest are unrelated to the company, that Stoyanov is under investigation for the period where he worked for the FSB prior to joining Kaspersky. Details are sketchy and may not be forthcoming. Stoyanov was charged under a statute that permits secret trials. We'll be following the story as it develops. Checkpoint warns of Charger, a newly discovered ransomware strain found in the Energy Rescue app in the Google Play Store. Google's Android security team has managed to interdict the malware before it reached the point of mass infection. In the case of Charger, the extortionist threat is release, sale, or other abuse of stolen data mostly contacts and SMS messages. All your data is already stored on our servers, crow the hoods, who demand $180 in protection money. If you've been missing the implausibly fractured English of Gooseper 2.0 and the Shadow Brokers, and who among us hasn't been missing those boys and girls, the lingo behind Charger will make you nostalgic for the old days. You need to pay us, otherwise we will sell portion of your personal information on black market every 30 minutes. We give 100% guarantee that all files will restore after we receive payment. We will unlock the mobile device and delete all your data from our server. Turning off your phone is meaningless. All your data is already stored on our servers. We still can selling it for spam, fake, bank crime, etc. So there you go. And no friends and family discount mentioned. Charger also asked for admin permissions and, of course, were those granted would lock the infected phone. The malware was available for about four days before being taken down and Checkpoint thinks relatively few devices were affected, perhaps because the criminals were engaged in a test run. Zscaler and Malwarebytes are warning that two newly evolved remote access trojans, or rats, are circulating in the wild. Zscaler reports that Spynote is flying the false flag of a Netflix app. Malwarebytes says that the well-known Andro rat has become more stable, added new functionality, and increased its obfuscation. Saudi Arabia's government is concerned about the latest rounds of Shamoon 2 attacks, 
which this week were disclosed to have hit chemical industry targets, as well as the labor ministry. The incidents may indicate a shift in Shamoon 2's target set. November's attacks involving the malware most prominently focused on aviation operations. The original Shamoon attacks of 2012 hit Saudi Aramco. In the wake of widely reported attacks on Hadoop and MongoDB instances, it appears that a database vigilante, that's what Motherboard is calling him or her or them anyway, is on the mean streets of cyberspace, finding poorly secured databases, warning their admins. The warning may be too subtle for most admins to pick up on. The vigilante is inserting an empty folder into the vulnerable database and naming it Your DB is Not Secure. We're ambivalent about vigilantes and other gray hats, but the chairman of the not-for-profit GDI Foundation tells Motherboard that, quote, it looks like a friendly warning, end quote, which is one way of looking at it. Database admins, look to your defenses. The Anthem data breach remains one of the most significant we've seen, with over 80 million customer records stolen from the healthcare company back in February 2015. The story was back in the news recently when California's Attorney General announced that state actors, most likely China, were responsible for the breach. Not everyone is comfortable with that attribution. Mike Lipinski is CISO at Securonics. I think we're starting as, a, as an industry to start using the state actor concept. It happened with Yahoo. It's happening now with Anthem. It's happened with you know, OPM. A lot of them are blaming the state actor concept. And I just think that we're getting a little too... Uh, careless with using that as a get out of jail free card it's you know regardless of whether it's you know me attacking your system or a state actor attacking your system i i think we have to make sure that we're providing the uh the same protections to uh to eliminate that from happening uh, i understand that the logic behind using a state actor excuse is that well they're well funded they have a lot of tools they have a lot of money we can't possibly stop them from getting in if they want to get in but I guess my fault or my argument to that is if you look at all the current reports that are out that, uh, you know, the after the fact, just like this Anthem one, or if you even look at the reports that, uh, you know, the NSA released and their review of all of the uh, breaches over the last three years, you know, these companies aren't exploiting any new vulnerabilities in these attacks. They're attacking things that we've known about for many, many years. So, you know, there's really not an excuse if we're doing our jobs well to, to allow these breaches to keep happening if we if we get a little bit more diligent about uh, taking care of our environments what's the takeaway here what what is what is a what what's a better way for anthem to have handled the situation from a breach standpoint i, I think all organizations and i won't just pick on on anthem because it's it's really every organization you've read about or uh, you know heard reported on in the last couple of years the the data that they needed to identify the attack quickly has been in their environment. We've always been able to go in after the fact from a forensic standpoint and determine who did what, when, and how. Uh, we're just not using that data uh, well in a proactive fashion on the whole. You know, you've got your prevent, detect, respond components of security. Prevent, you have to agree, is going to fail. I think that's what we're saying with, you know, the whole state actor breach. If people want to get in bad enough, they can. So, okay, if we're going to subscribe to that concept, then that you know, brings us to our detect and respond component of our security infrastructures. I think that's where we need to get better. I think we need to get better at finding that breach when it happens so we don't allow people to stay in our networks, uh, you know, 200, 300 days and, and exfiltrate data and, uh, you know, leave. The breach is inevitable, but the exposure doesn't have to be. That's Mike Lipinski from Securonics. 
Cisco is patching its WebEx Chrome plugin. Users are advised to update. The vulnerabilities addressed are potentially serious. KPMG reports that cyber fraud cost the United Kingdom some £124 million in 2016, and that's a lot. KPMG tracked fraud cases in British courts to arrive at its figures. And who's behind the rise in cybercrime? Skids to a significant extent. Ilya Kolichenko, CEO of web security firm Hitech Bridge, told us that, quote, what is particularly alarming is the rise of small online fraud committed by teenagers and people with almost no technical skills, end quote. Cybercrime is seen by many hard-scrabble crooks as a relatively low-risk, high-payoff proposition, especially when compared to stick-ups and muggings. In industry news, RiskIQ buys Macabim for its brand threat project management capability. Cisco is acquiring AppDynamics for a reported $3.7 billion. Reuters floats the rumor that Keysight Technologies is considering buying Ixia. Venture Capital hasn't been idle either, as Sentinel-1 closes a $70 million Series C round. And Secret Double Octopus, specialists in multi-factor authentication, gets $6 million in Series A funding from Jerusalem Venture Partners. And finally, what does Verizon have to say about the new SEC investigation of Yahoo's breach disclosure and Yahoo's announcement that its deal with Verizon will be delayed at least until April? Well, nothing. As far as we can tell, Verizon is keeping its counsel and holding its corporate tongue. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Avas Rashid. He heads the Academic Center of Excellence in Cybersecurity Research at Lancaster University. Uh, Professor Rashid, uh, certainly the IoT is top of mind these days with the uh, the major uh, uh, hacks that we've seen, the the, the botnets and so forth. Um, today, though, you wanted to talk about uh, IoT when it affects the healthcare industry. Uh, yes, um, uh, we have recently seen, as you note, that uh, IoT devices have been used in large-scale attacks. And we let me start by saying the Internet of Things is a very uh, promising development where we can use a high level of connectivity in, in really a number of key applications such as uh, digital health, whereby implantable medical devices or body area networks can help us 
But one of the things we need to bear in mind is that one of the things we must not do as we design these devices is to ignore security uh, because in due course, as we have seen in other domains, such as uh, industrial control systems and critical and national infrastructure, once these devices are connected to other networks, that opens them, them up to uh, various potential vulnerabilities and attacks. And we've already seen this in high-profile attacks. So there are a number of threats that we need to think about. So first of all, there is the what you would call the telemetry interface in these devices where uh, potential attackers can uh, you know, eavesdrop or replay forged commands, for instance, uh, to make the device do something that, that it shouldn't be doing. We've already seen the use of these devices in malware. Can you imagine somebody's pacemaker, for instance, being used in, 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 as part of a botnet? But there are also more subtle ways in which these things can, can, uh, can be compromised. So you don't necessarily need to, for example, make the device do something. You can just do enough to the device to cause sensor or actuator failure, uh, thereby uh, you know, compromising trust in the device. Or you can maliciously inject some data that no longer allows you to trust the information that you are getting from the device, and in which case it is absolutely useless. So how can organizations protect themselves from that kind of thing? I think the fundamental principle that we need to use with regards to uh, health IoT is if it is not secure, it is not safe. Uh, and 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 that's that's the fundamental thing. A lot of these uh, we have a very good uh, understanding of safety within within uh, the health environment, and I think we need to extend that towards security and ask the question: If this device is not secure from a cybersecurity perspective, is it really safe uh, to utilize in a in a health setting? And we are increasingly seeing seeing regulators actually uh, get much more uh, aware of these issues. The other thing that we really uh, need to think about is that uh, the, the, these devices don't operate on their own. They will come into contact with a range of other systems simply because they are networked. And it is not just about securing what's on the device, but also the environment in which these devices are placed and actually understanding the interactions with that environment and how we may secure those interactions so that the device itself uh, itself is uh, a device and the data it is utilizing is protected in, in an effective fashion. Professor Avas Rashid, thanks for joining us. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. 
Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program. Quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. Cyber.